Yeah, we we definitely need one of those cool uh, intro songs for a podcast. Um, <laughs> we need something. Yeah, I I did talk to or I tried reaching out to Warner Brothers a couple times uh, to see if we could use a section of the song "Firecracker" by Steel Train. So if you wanted to know, like that was our first choice. I don't it is think, for, it Neil's first choice. Yeah, I thought it was an intelligent choice, but yeah, what was your? Do you have? A I didn't choice? have a choice, but maybe something like black metal sounding or something that's like completely anti right. what we're about <laughs> now no. i just love i love metal so oh, all right well next um again next podcast we'll get your your take on it but mine was <laughs> firecracker by steel train you can google it you can find out and you're like okay this is what they wanted their intro to be like so well, also by the way I, let's revisit i had no idea and you had an idea and i liked your idea i'm not saying that okay yeah okay. I, I supported it <laughs> all right but it was your idea oh yeah no no i, I own this like yeah uh, when you have 17 Steel Train t-shirts, you expect me to be the one that came up with that idea. <laughs> um, anyways. Welcome every- to Beer and Bible. Yes, welcome. <laughs> I, I cut you off, Nate. Sorry. Uh, I am Neil, and I do all the research and the study stuff. And I am Chris, the uh, resident cripple and um, official Bible reader. Yeah, we're, we're both going very Mormon right now. Yeah. Uh, we've not had coffee or alcohol. For, is, I'm going. I'm not quite a week. I'm just like three or four days. Or no, I've been a while. I don't know. But it's starting to turn. Like the days are rolling over into like years. And how long has my leg been broken? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think a few days. It hasn't even been a week yet. <laughs> oh, get me out of this Sunday. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So if you have, just to recap, if anyone doesn't know, or if you're just tuning in, this is your first podcast. Chris is in a cast. Usually he is our high functioning alcoholic. Um, and I'm in grad school, and for some reason, I've decided to stop drinking coffee. I don't. I, I, <laughs> the one time that you should start, like yeah. even if you don't, it's like yeah, I, I stopped. So, no coffee, no alcohol. We're just we're just lame old boys doing uh, the Bible. I think this is called straight edge. That's uh, what we are. No, no, fuck you. Don't don't put that on me. Oh. I'm I'm sober. Well, I don't even know if I'm gonna be sober through all this, but I'm just trying to encourage this bone these bones to heal a little faster. But once I'm healed, yeah, that's a wrap, dude. I'm going right back to my ways. Wonderful. And probably having to make up for lost time, too. <laughs> the liver like the liver is going to be ready for it. Yeah. It's like, I'm strong. <laughs> Come at me. Um, so uh, today we are in Matthew chapter 8. We're continuing on. And we kind of stopped in a weird place, mostly because, and I didn't say this last time, but we were running out of, well, not only was I concerned about time and how much further we'd have to go in the story, so we're doing the other half, but also just uh, my computer was starting to run out of juice. <laughs> we and were I, running out of juice. Yeah, so I had to get that done. But to recap what we've done, we've gone on the Sermon on the Mount. There are like 17 <coughs> podcasts on that. That might not be an exaggeration. It probably is, but it might not be. <laughs> podcast on the Sermon on the Mount. So in Matthew, he has these sections of teaching, and then he has sections of action. And so we finished a large section of teaching, and we're about to get into some action. So uh, before we got to the Sermon on the Mount, ending, uh, which is 5 through 7, we ended chapter 4 with him saying uh, that he is preaching the kingdom of heaven and healing people. So then Matthew explains what does preaching the kingdom of heaven look like, and that's 5 through 7. So that's the message that he's trying to explain and then what does it mean to heal people and that's what these chapters eight through nine are going to be and then in chapter 10 he's basically going to send his disciples to go do those things so in order so by chapter 10 he needs to tell us or let us know as readers what are the things that they're doing that he's commissioning them and sending them off to do Hmm. 
So that's where we are. And then we went mostly through Chapter 8. You want to bring us up to speed on that one? Sure. Uh, So we're going to recap a little. Um, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell you, I tell this one go and he goes. I tell that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. So that's what we read last week. Yes, yes. Now we go into Jesus's response yeah, and after the centurion just told him this something to, to remind everybody uh th- this is one of the four biographies of jesus uh there's another biography <coughs> by a guy named luke and he writes from a more greco-roman perspective matthew is possibly writing from a more jewish perspective so luke's take is that uh i'm unworthy for you to come to my house matthew's take is the more the centurion is aware that culturally jewish people should not be coming to his house Mm. So those are just just examples of telling the same story with two different intentions. Gotcha. All right. So when Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. Yeah. That's that's like him turning around being like, Not one of y'all motherfuckers has this much faith, and y'all are the ones that are like my people. Yeah, yeah, and then we've talked about this before. There's oh, there's not much that you can do to amaze Jesus. Like, yeah. Or amaze, yeah. So uh, so Matthew's Jesus uh, it can be pretty emotionless a lot of times. Like, it, it's like he's very Prozac Jesus. but it's the guru. Yeah. Like, just, the, the bird flies to the east, yet in the west the sun sets. Like, it's like, what? Uh, but uh, I, I just made that up. That is not a Jesus <laughs> phrase. Um, and then, but uh, this one, him him being so forceful and, and responding and being amazed, having this emotional response, should yeah. stand out to your reader. I feel like that astonished thing kind of plays with, uh, maybe you know, it's like, was he joking? Like, was Jesus like, like surprise birthday that you knew was going to happen? He's like, oh my goodness, or was it like, or does this kind of screw with the whole trinitary or like trinity and predetermination thing right here? Yeah, yeah, uh, like his ability to read people's minds. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, or of like knowing everything that's going to happen before it happens. And yeah, there, there is a question. There are things that uh, in the Bible it's very clear that he doesn't know. He talks about the uh, the dates and the times. Yeah, yeah. So he talks about later on, he starts talking about um, things happening, and he, sa- he even admits that he doesn't know, like that God has is outside of time and can see all things, but Jesus may not be outside of time Yeah. in, in this that's a rabbit Wait. hole we'll go down another time, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, so this is actually the first time that Jesus actually speaks out about faith. Uh, chapter 6, he talks about it in the, like the, the teaching section, but this is the, uh, the uh, and half of Matthew's use of the word faith is going to actually be in chapters 8 through 9. Uh, and just to, because I paid so much money to learn this word, pistis, is the, the <laughs> word that, uh, which is can be translated as faith, belief or trust so if you read through the bible and you ever see the word word faith you can also read that as belief anytime you see belief you can read it as faith gotcha they're one and the same yes in the greco-roman mindset 
all the same thing. Um, and then so uh, one of the questions is, what is this faith in? Is it like, well, I believe God can do miracles. Like, is that like you have a lot of faith in what? Uh, oh, I believe that God can do the miracles. So is that the faith that you actually believe that God can do these things? Or is it that you believe that Jesus is the agent that can do these things? Like, so in other words, the centurion might not be thinking Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, like the way that Christians think about like he's just a, some dude and he, he's hanging out with all these Jewish people and he approaches a guy and he's like, you're a really good teacher and you know, the Judeish Judean God and that God can heal people. Yeah. So like he, he might be just that he believes that the Jewish God can heal. Uh, or is it that he believes specifically that Jesus is like, he came and like, I didn't go to any other rabbi. I knew you were the one that can do this stuff. Right. And that you are different than everybody else. Like, is it that? Um, and then just my own, like, I think this is super important. If, uh, I would almost say if you get anything from this podcast today, this would be it. Um, in the Greco-Roman society, you have a higher class and a lower class. Don't think like lots and lots of castes like India or something, just one and the other, nobility and non-nobility. Um, I'm sure there's probably like a good Jane Austen Victorian era thing that I don't know to explain that better. But bear with me for a second. <laughs> and uh, you have a relationship, and this, the situation with the, the relationship between the higher and the lower is that the higher, uh, if the lower person can't, um, uh, is out of a job or something, the higher person might help them find a job. If the lower person can't uh, afford anything, the higher person might buy them bread and, and make sure that they're taken care of. And then, uh, and that, that relationship from the higher to the lower is called charis, or as we would call it and translate it, grace. And that's the entire relationship. It's kind of like, what is a husband? What is a wife in our modern language? It's yeah. not just literally a man. It's like, oh, this is the man in her life. Like, this is her husband. And with that comes in all of this other expectation of what it means to be a husband. Now, does that mean there's like a, an exact way you should be a husband? No, but there's some general ideas of what that relationship is. Yeah, It's a, it's a term that we use to describe the relationship between this man and, and his wife. And so that and this woman, it's like that. That's how it is. Uh, so in the same way, the relation, the entirety of the relationship uh, it, from the upper to the lower is called grace. And then the lower person would then go and they would uh, in this relationship. It's Im- it's immodest for the higher upper person to go around telling everybody, look at all these amazing things I did. So the lower person would go and tell everybody what they did for, in a way, proclaiming their reputation, their name and who they are. And then they would also, when it comes to going to the Senate, that's who they would vote for. That's who they would uh, push, these sort of things. And they they wouldn't go and and depend on other people and going to another noble person of like, hey, can you take care of my needs or whatever, like that kind of stuff. Mm. And you would be, and we use the term faithful in English, you would be faithful to that one person. So um, that entire relationship from the lower to the upper is called pistis, or as we translate it, faith or belief. So for him to say, I've never seen as much faith in this. I think, uh, this is Neil's personal thought is that this could be understood as I've not seen this full relationship. Mm. Could it also be understood as trust? Yes. Could it also be? Yes. Is the relationship has been going on for years? Probably not. I mean, this, the Ari Capernaum, Jesus has probably been there for a while. So maybe he knew who he was, but I'm not saying that they are having like, they've known each other for, 12 years yeah, or anything. But I am, I'm thinking that uh, I, I, even if it doesn't necessarily apply here, I do want 
our audience, all of you guys to remember and, and know in your mind that this is uh, the word faith. I've never seen this much faith, even for Matthew's readers would understand this as the full relationship from the lower person to the higher person. Hmm. Yeah. So there's those, there is my uh, explanation of faith. Nice. All right. You can cut off the, the podcast. Appreciate it. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. But Cool. Um, so you've, you've got that, uh, that understanding faith. Uh, scholars also find it odd that Jesus is discounting Israel's faith. Cause like he, he's like, he could have just been like, <laughs> This guy is really faithful, but yeah. no, he had to. Come Instead, in. he turns around, shits on all. Like, he's making y'all look like a bitch. Yeah, and this guy isn't even one of us. Jesus, this is a little uncalled for. Yeah, like this, we didn't have to do that. Like, that'd be like your boss being like, "Chris, you've done a fantastic job. Okay, get everybody else in here. <laughs> you guys suck. Yeah, you guys need to step it up. Like, well, you could have just been like, Chris is doing a great job, and told everybody that. You didn't have to. <laughs> Yeah, we know I won't be getting any of those talks. Yeah. Laying here with a broken leg. Yeah. Not at work. <laughs> I'm sure they're talking about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is, um, so maybe this is early, like, part of this is, like, this is really early on in Jesus' ministry, so it's, it's like, he just started showing up on the scene, possibly. We're not sure how chronological Matthew is. Um, so they haven't really had a chance to show off their faith, so that's kind of a little preemptive, like, tearing down Jesus. Um, or again, this is filled in by Matthew years later. So maybe Jesus didn't say it until later, but then like Matthew drops it in here. Yeah. He's like, all right, you know, this is a good place for this. Um, east to West, when he says East to West, it actually uh, echoes the eschatological, eschatological end times. Think like the the people with the turn, like, uh, the end is nigh, like those signs. (laughs) So East to West, it, it matches kind of the end times talk of the Old Testament, um, so Matthew might be uh, economizing on two compass points. So he's trying to say everywhere. So instead of being like, oh, he doesn't like necessarily mean east and west. He means everything, all the land, which yeah. if you're reading, you're like, duh, Neil, of course. <laughs> uh, you might highlight, it might highlight that Egypt and Babylon, which were to the east and the west, um, would be the, represent the two primary places of being exiled. So the Jews, Jewish people were sent to both, were Egypt way, on, way early on, and then later on they were sent to Babylon. So by the time Jesus is saying these things, he's east and west might be these two compass points where like, oh yeah, exile. <laughs> so that could be it. Um, and then, uh, so, so who are the ones from the east and the west? Well, uh, who are the sons that will be cast out? Well, the prophets were the ones who sp- who spoke of uh, exiled Jews being gathered in. So those who, who were in Babylon, like they would be gathered in. So it might be that like the expectation is that the east and west are going to be the ones from all around, like the the Jewish people coming in. Uh, it could also just mean Gentiles as well, just like all peoples. Not sorry, not Gentiles, but like everyone, all people. Yeah, so, the different different uh, takes on that. Um, and then, uh, let's see here. Just, uh, uh, we're talking about the gnashing of teeth. First Enoch and the uh, Psalms of Solomon, 14.6, talk about Gehenna as a place where uh, where uh, people are more than a little unhappy. There's like, and there is gnashing of teeth, chattering. This is described. Uh, it's, it's described as a place without shalom. Shalom is peace, wholeness, the way int- things were intended to be. That's a great way of s- summarizing shalom. It's all of that, all in one. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like aloha or whatever. Like these, these like catch-all phrases. Yeah, huge words. Like eh, it has like seventy-eight meanings. <clears throat> um, Luke's account. He actually has a couple of other things that aren't mentioned here in Matthew. So he actually says that people are trying to restrain Jesus. He also talks about how the centurion built a built the synagogue. Like he paid for the synagogue to be built, and that he was a patron to the temple. 
Um, so maybe like this is like a little bit of pressure to helping out. Like, hey, Jesus, can you heal my? I know you can heal people. Could you heal my son? Did I mention that I built this synagogue here in Capernaum? <laughs> Did I mention that like I bankrolled the whole thing? So it could be a little pressure there. Um, so uh, in aphrodisias, which sounds like aphrodisiac, so That's I'm not the sure. First thing I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I don't think it has to do with sex, but it's a. Uh, it says uh, 87 miles east of Ephesus, there was an inscription found in a listing of benefactors of a Jewish soup kitchen. That's what I call it. It was just like <laughs> a, a you know place to feed people. Yeah. And uh, 45% of the names were Greek, and this demonstrates that the this the sort of Greek support of a Jewish construction is not unprecedented. Like this has happened before. Okay. So this isn't crazy talk. Um, and then there's also the, there's also the distance. So I don't know exactly how far off this guy's son was, but like, you know, it's like distance learning. Like Jesus is going to zoom in as healing. <laughs> this is not going to be funny. If it, it, I'm not sure it was funny then, but it's going to be not funny in a couple of years when we're out of this pandemic. Oh, I know. That's yeah, people like, are going. What the fuck are these guys talking, talking about? These zoom? idiots. Hopefully, we'll still be relevant then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm not. Pl- I, I. I doubt it. Like in my head, I'm, I doubt it, but. We'll keep doing this. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's the the whole story with the centurion. The centurion. Guy. Yeah, I like that verse. That's one that or that part. I, th- I said that last episode. I think it's pretty cool. Like that's a pretty awesome thing. Well, what, just what do you like about it? The, the whole thing. The fact that like you know this dude comes out of nowhere and he's like, no man. Like I so if I go off like disregard a lot of the <laughs> things we just talked about and just go based yeah. off of the scripture where he's like. You know, you know, like you're not even worthy to. Or I'm not even worthy to have you come in my house. I just, I know that like you can do this. And then he's like, Jesus turned around, being like, "Look, look at this guy. He's not even one of us, and he's got all you guys like blown out of the water. Like, not in all, like everybody, your families, your friends, everybody's ever known in your life. None of them even come close to the faith this guy has. And y'all have been following me around in the desert for the past like however long. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, done. Snaps his fingers. Boom. I just think it's cool. Like, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. It is. It's an awesome setup, um, <laughs> which I think that's exactly what we should be reading it when we get from Matthew. Like, Matthew's trying to communicate this thing because yeah. he's writing to a Jewish audience and he's like, you know who the best people are in the, in my book? All the people that are not you. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Yeah, y'all are a bunch of fuck-ups. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm not sure, like, did his publisher sit down and go, I don't think you should insult the readers. <laughs> I just don't think that's the best idea for this. They're like, no, no, it'll be fine. Yeah, they're they're going to love it. <laughs> Uh, All right, do you want to uh, read 14 through 15? Gotcha. I got to try and look at, okay. So, when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. Yeah. So, hey. uh, Wait on him as in, like, serve him, right? Yes, yes. Like, oh, shit, Jesus, when'd you get here? Like, you want some tea? You want some? Yeah, did I say this was on the Sabbath? Is that it? I think did I mention that? Uh, I'm not might be getting my stories confused. It does not say that. Okay, I'm sorry. I've been off like on my. Uh, I've been always reading through the Bible, so I can't remember which healings are on Sabbaths and which ones aren't. Right. So I'm losing my mind over here. Um. So apparently, like uh, uh the ar- archaeology points to Peter's house being about like a stone's throw away from the s- synagogue of Capernaum. So he, it might have been on the Sabbath. Uh, Balin. Uh, they, they were saying like if like maybe he walked from synagogue there. I don't remember if this is on the Sabbath. This is driving me nuts. Um, but I know that it, it was nearby the, the synagogue at Capernaum. Yeah. 
Um, balin is the, the word to throw. Uh, is used here in verse 5, highlighting that... Uh, balin, to throw. What in the world? Like, that is... that. Like, I, I might have written it <laughs> wrong in the English. Like, I might have transliterated it wrong. Yeah. But I'm like, I know that word is to throw. I've... <laughs> <laughs> You're just that good. That's good that you know. Yeah, I'm just confused on what I'm doing here. Um, apparently, I just don't remember my own writing, but I can read somebody <laughs> else's crazy writing. Uh, so, uh, anyways, verse five highlighting uh, being laid up uh, in bed with an illness. Um, Mark one thirty points out that it is fever, uh, and that they told Jesus about it. Um, then Matthew also used the word uses uh, uses touched, which may might link back to verse three when he talks about touching, like healing, and he's touching people and everything. Like, hey, everybody's touching people. And yeah. I was like, oh, here he is touching. And we, I think he touched the lepers in verse three. So, oh. he's, so yeah, he touched the lepers. So it's like, okay, we're touching people again, which then becomes an issue of like how much space has gone on here. Because like, if he's unclean and now he's touching her, that's a bad move, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that goes back to: Do you believe that he became unclean, or do you believe that he was like always clean and people couldn't make him unclean? Mm. Like he was forever bleached all the time, forever bleached. Um, and then uh, he's just like a walking can of Lysol. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Luke actually has uh, Jesus rebuking the the fever, possibly connecting it to something demonic, uh, but we're really not sure. Like Jesus seems to have uh, have authoritative power over sickness and demons. Like we're anyways. Like some people think he's like rebuking the f- fever <laughs> means it's demons. Gotcha. Um, her getting up and waiting, uh, waiting on him actually shows completeness of healing. Like he didn't just sit around like, they, or she was, it wasn't like, Oh, she got a little bit better. Like she, she still had a little bit of a tummy thing, but she was okay. Like she just gets up and then she's ready to go hmm. all over again. Yeah. Like 100%. Um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. There it Man, is. come on, Jesus. Yeah. Come through with that healing. Yeah. Get my legs straight. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> we should take you to faith healers. <laughs> Like, like a test. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... Do we have any in Roanoke? Oh, uh, we've got... I, I've got... Can, I can start calling some people. <laughs> I will find somebody that can heal they you. Push me out of my wheelchair like three times. I'm not in a wheelchair. Push me off my crutches like three times and I just break it even worse. <laughs> I think... It, does, it sounds like you have like an Israel, uh, Israelite faith, okay? It sounds like, Chris, <laughs> what you need is some good old centurion faith. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, one of our classes when I was learning... So I studied to be a preacher, and one of the classes we had is how to guilt people. That was a whole class. Just Shut your to, mouth. <laughs> was it really? No. Oh. No. I was like, you had me fucked up there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd be a terrible class. Like, how to... Actually, that'd no, be a great class, because then you could be a salesperson. You could do all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. It. it would probably be the most useful of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as, like, life application, or as business application. Let's call it that. You know, life application. I like this <laughs> idea. Like, if I ever got married, honey, well, I just make her feel bad. <laughs> This sounds like an always sunny situation. I need again. that class as a parent. That my, like my mom was a pro at that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you 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 had firsthand experience. You were mentored under that system. Yeah. Um, it does. Oh, it does turn out that Mark did actually call this. Uh, say it's on the Sabbath. I knew it wasn't totally crazy. Ah, Mark so, says it. Okay. Mark, yeah. So Mark puts it on there, but then Matthew doesn't really put that on there because Matthew just doesn't care. Like it's just. It goes back <laughs> to the thing of it's not important to Matthew to talk about what day it happens. Right. Matthew's gonna have other stories where things happen on the Sabbath, and he and Jesus makes people mad, but this one is okay. Um. So then, uh, let's see. Where were we with this? Um. It may uh, maybe the 
uh, one of the questions about the Sabbath thing that people come like, well, then she got up and started like preparing stuff. It might be that the halacha, this she might be under the halacha or the way to do things. Like her her system uh, of of practice might be that she's allowed to make preparations within the house. She just can't go outside and make preparations. Yeah. Um. There is mention in both stories of the sun setting and when evening come. So maybe it's all good and uh like after that, like maybe Jesus did wait, or maybe what happens is when this like he heals her first she does stuff within on the sabbath and then when the heat when the sun goes down everybody like starts rushing out and people are like people are living close by they're in a small little village like they can be like what mary just like she or wasn't uh not mary wasn't peter's mom like sick earlier this morning she wasn't at synagogue i didn't see her did you see her <laughs> like she's skipping oh i heard that she got up and she was like up and moving again in her house and like people come over people would come over and visit your house so it's not like you just stayed in your house and nobody came over. Right. It might have been people came over and were like, what? What happened? Oh, he healed me like uh, half an hour ago. And then he's like, oh, cool. Because I got this like thing on my foot. <laughs> and I was thinking like maybe he could check it out. Like he got a hangnail. And it's like, yeah, okay, come back after sunset. And then he'll, he'll heal your hangnail kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> this is my, my I mind. like it. No, no, no. <laughs> Set up, put a sign at the door. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but like every, like everyone's like knows not to show up before sunset because that's not okay, right? Um, so might be that that situation. So, hey, uh, let's go ahead and read sixteen, seventeen. Let's oh, wrap gotcha. this, wrap it up, wrap up this podcast. Uh, when evening came, many who were demon possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That's funny. So yeah. it is like the Walking Dead. Like <laughs> they brought all the demons in the village to him. Did you hear what Jesus did? Or this guy Jesus here? Oh shit, dude! I've had my like sister in law locked in the basement for the past three <laughs> years. Bring her ass up here. She's like, <laughs> like head spinning around doing three sixties and stuff. Gosh. Another guy's son's been stuck on the roof since last night. The <laughs> eyes glowing. Like now, let's just hogtie these motherfuckers and drag them down the road to Jesus. But we gotta do it before it gets dark. Or after it get, gets dark. Oh, after it gets yeah, dark. Like, yeah, so we still have to like, hang out with <laughs> for like, the rest of the s- Saturday. Like, uh, that's funny. <laughs> they brought all the demon-possessed. Or maybe they had them in like, a corral or something. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, man. Uh, See, I told you we shouldn't have burned them like you were, y'all were trying to do. <laughs> we saved them for all these years, and now it's time. <laughs> I like that. Also, how many demons are in a town of 4,000? No shit. I guess a lot. Well, I I don't know. Again, I don't know if they did the census and they included demons or not. Were they? (laughs) Are you? It's got a checkbox. Are you or have you ever been possessed by a demon? Mm, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Disregard the rest of this. Are you? Are you currently (laughs) possessed by a demon? Like, are you a demon currently in possession of your mortal soul? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like it's a town of four thousand. So maybe it was like, and then if only two thousand. Like, how do I know? Well, we have a test for that. Just complete the form. <laughs> does it have like check boxes? Like, does your head spin all the way around? Like, <laughs> now to determine your level of possession. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like the like a terrible doctor's waiting. Could you? It would right. be a great movie though. Wait, like, so you have like people? It'd be are, like a dark comedy, you know? But people are demon possessed. But then there's like there's like a, a doctor's office waiting room style thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, where do you have to like bring your like? You bring your uh, your family member, and like they're like foaming at the mouth and thrashing about. But you're just like, sit here. The doctor will be with you shortly. Like, <laughs> they get muzzles on them. Yeah, uh, that's that's how I imagine it. I like and like, it. I'm still getting the smell of of uh, waiting room in my mind. Like, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, everyone was was lined up, and it, it, Jesus was 
urgent demon care <laughs> facility going on. Uh, so other than the uh, exorcism, uh, other than the summary that was given earlier, exorcism hasn't really shown up in our uh, in our narrative so far. This is like the first time we've started talking about demons being cast out. Yeah, uh, demonized. Not necessarily. It's not the possession thing. Like I know we like joking about it. We love. Like, I I watched uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose and like that kind of stuff is cool stuff. But um, demonized is there's not really possession. Uh, this is like it's like things that are tormenting you. So like uh, I don't know a ghost. If a ghost follows you around, that would be demonized. Oh okay. Like, like gotcha. that would be like a demon like harasses you. Doesn't mean like gotcha. the demons like, like follows you to Mary's house. And yeah. Just yeah. like shut yourself, demon. And he like peeks around. Like, Fuck well, out of here. But yeah, the, the demon bothers you, but like <laughs> the demon doesn't like own you. Like he's like right. the demon's not inside you, owning you, making you do stuff. Right. But it might be. Um, giving you bad thoughts or something like might be whispering like, have you ever thought about killing your parents? <laughs> okay, it's been half an hour. Have you thought about killing them? What now? about now? <laughs> now, like that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, like the, the fact that it says uh, cast out spirits uh, could from a, for a, means for us to think about demons, not just any old spirit. By the way, like when it talks about demons, um, intertestamental literature attaches <laughs> demons to causes of illness. So intertestamental between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Intertestamental. Uh, uh-huh. It's that book that didn't make it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this attributes it uh, the the thorn in his flesh. Uh, oops. Oh, uh, some people would think that the um, the later on this guy, this Christian writer named Paul, early church writer, his a lot of his letters are thrown in the New Testament. He talks about having a thorn in his flesh. Some people think that he was uh, it was a messenger from Satan, like that he was being demonized. So again, like it's harassing you. It doesn't necessarily mean owns you. If you're getting really confused and you want to know more about demons, go to Wikipedia. <laughs> we we might I think we get we might get into it if we talk more about demons, but just like this is very brief. Neil and doesn't then, care too much about demons and devils and wasting time on them. Well, just just not right now. Right now, we can do <laughs> like we can spend more time on demons, but we're like we're in the middle of this. Thing. We're, yeah, we're true, trying to true, wrap true. this up. Yeah. Um, so uh, Matthew highlights how Jesus heals all the sick. Uh, to, this might be pointing to the idea that in the, mes- in the messianic time, the expectation to the Jewish mindset is in the messianic time, there would no- be no more illnesses or pain. So by like Jesus fixing everything, we should be set. Um, this is actually, when he quotes, it's actually a fairly literal translation. Uh, what's a little bit more interesting is that his quote fits more with the Hebraic, like the Jewish writing that matches more of the Hebrew style. Yeah. Where instead of using the Septuagint, which the Septuagint is the, uh, a bunch of um, Greek scholars work with uh, Hebrew scholars to come up with the best Greek version of it. So Matthew's kind of doing his own Greek version, but he's staying a little bit more closely related to the, uh, to the Hebrew st- style. Gotcha. Um, and then, uh, so Matthew uses the word lambano, which is to, uh, I take or I receive to emphasize the, the sickness is removed, but not contracted by himself. So that's another thing. So he's like, he's removing the sicknesses, but he's not Mm -hmm. like taking it in on himself. And there is this idea in some people in Christianity that he took up all of our sin. He took up all of our iniquities, meaning that Jesus took them inside himself. Like and he he like now has the sicknesses and all these things. Gotcha. Not not a huge like not a huge teaching. Uh, some people think that he does at the end at, when he gets to the cross, but like right now, like the idea of like crippled Jesus for the next three years or leprous Jesus for the next three years is not popular. Yeah. But maybe like he starts internalizing it. Um. Okay. So uh, back to the whole thing of him taking up and, and this whole 
fitting the Isaiah passage. Like it has to fit the Isaiah passage. And that's, that's something that, uh, that Matthew's trying to do is he's trying to say the stuff that Jesus does is stuff that the prophets, like our old writers told us he was going to do. So he's trying to continue to make those connections for his readers. Mm. Um, so the translation above is not uh, maybe not literal sickness. Uh, is that okay? Um, th- like th- that is the the messianic expectation is like not he's not literally getting sick. Uh, so maybe he's interpreting in the larger context of Isaiah and the Messiah, uh, not just uh, not just in what this verse is meaning. So he's he is dropping one line from Isaiah, but what he means to do is is quote the entire book. Mm. So uh, you know I mentioned heads spinning around, and then you know we're talking about the entire. Uh, exorcist movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sickness and sin are uh, are connected in rabbinic teaching. So if you believe that Jesus is supposed to take up our sins, if he's able to heal people and take away their sickness, then that wouldn't mean that he's taking away their punishment for sinning. Ah. So uh, you an, an example would be you talk bad about somebody. Uh, this is in rabbinic literature. If you were to talk poorly about somebody and talk smack and like talk behind their back, that you would get a skin disease. <laughs> that that's an, a, a teaching. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, so you you'd get, and that comes from uh, the story in Exodus where I think uh, people were talking poorly about Moses, and then God struck them with all with leprosy. Dang! So it could be like, oh, do you see Jessica over there? Uh, she's got acne. Well, maybe it's just because she's like a sixteen-year-old girl, or she's talking bad about somebody. Well, didn't we just say she's a sixteen-year-old girl? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, uh, I feel like I'm. That was very sexist of me, but I'm. Well, Hopefully, it happens like, to boys too. It I, does. I yeah. have fucking acne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it. Yeah, I did too. I had a good bit of it. I'm trying to remember. Like, we need to find old pictures of us. Oh God, they're out there. Gosh. Uh, all right. So, anyways, but the the anyways the, the point is that that um, if Jesus took takes away like Jessica's acne, not only does he have a great infomercial, but he also um like that would mean that he's taken away. Her punishment or her sin or mm. that as well. Or it doesn't mean that, but it shows like his power. You can do those things. Uh, the manner in which the Messiah would take away their sin is through his f- uh, physical suffering, which again goes back to the entire book of Isaiah, where it talks about that in Isaiah chapter 53, not just um, uh, not not just that one passage we quoted. Uh, most New Testament writers are thinking in the future. So again, Matthew's trying to pull it back into the text. So that's, again, him taking this idea that they create of, like, Jesus taking up all of our sickness and sin and all that on the cross, and then he's taking that and then retrofitting it into the story. He's like, ooh, this is a good place for this. Yeah. Because I'm trying to communicate my theology, not what actually happened. He's like, he's trying to make a point. Um, this is written later. Uh, uh, I'm reading my notes. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, so maybe, again, we mentioned that. Uh, that was going to connect back to the cross. And then, um, uh, and so it might be that he's just using his uh, authority of the Messiah. He's just using it to, um, as part of the authority, like the author, the Messiah can do all things. And this is another thing that he can do kind of thing. Like maybe he's right. trying to like point that, see, Jesus can do this. So that makes him the Messiah <laughs> because he can do stuff. Um, so the sort of a summation of the section of how he takes up the illnesses, like this whole thing's like, look at Jesus. He can do stuff. Yeah. So again, he, and he's just trying to go ahead and bring that Isaiah thing and like, okay, we've mentioned, uh, we talked about a Messiah. So I need to prove to you that this matches that Messiah figure, uh, like that you guys talked about. Um, it's kind of like how this is weird. It's like, we need a political candidate. So you write down everything that you want in a political candidate 
and like and then you get somebody who goes okay find me this political candidate and then somebody picks somebody and says let me explain to you how they match everything that you've just listed down gotcha. what you want in a political candidate not to make jesus and politics mix like not that he didn't mix them but i don't know like, <laughs> i was just trying to think of like i don't know it, it's your it's your match.com exact want list i don't know where i'm going with this and like somebody's like okay i want you to, i want you to meet my friend her name's April, and here's all the things that she meet me like she meets every single one of these. Yeah, and like, yeah. Huh. So what are you gonna do? Be like, yeah, but I just don't feel it. Well, she matches everything. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm wrapping my head around it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Now, hopefully, everybody else is. Yeah, I don't know where I'm. Like, I went from politics to <laughs> dating profiles. I don't know where I'm going with this, but the the point is covering all the bases. Somebody's yeah. Um, if you're not into politics, hopefully you're into people. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not very much into either. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's any any thoughts? Uh, no, I thought it was. I like the demon part. Yeah, <laughs> that's my takeaway. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, uh, thank Jesus you. Jesus came off the mountain ready to kick some ass. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Like, so he goes and fights. Which I wonder if the demons ever so- th- stopped and like thought themselves like. Didn't Jesus blow off the devil? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Well, I remember they were drugging like ropes and chains and stuff out of the pen to Jesus. Oh, so they never yeah. knew. Like, no, like the word didn't get out. They like, know what was coming. Oh, they knew it was coming. Or they they didn't? no, they didn't know what. It was okay, coming. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the word hadn't gotten out that like Jesus was out in forty for forty days. It's like me tricking Stacy. Like, hey, we're gonna go look at this thing, this really cool thing at this house. Okay, what is it? It's just it's super cool. It's gonna be a great surprise. Okay, let's go. And she gets there, motherfucker. <laughs> You're healed. Get out of here, dude. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, really? You thought I had a demon in me? Oh, shit. I would have sworn. Jesus, thank you for your time. I would have sworn my wife had a demon in her. But thank you. This is awkward. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's how you finish every prayer. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyways, so we got to wrap up this podcast. So everybody, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Yeah. Um, check us out on Instagram. Um, you're probably listening to us on Spotify, but we're on Spotify now. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Hit us up. Thoughts, ideas, um, complaints. Yeah. Any of it. <laughs> Give yeah. us a shout. Yeah, let us know and uh, tell your friends and like, people, you know, <laughs> family. Maybe not them. I don't yeah, know. Who not, you're not anybody that you respect or, <laughs> or love. Yeah. But tell everybody else about us. <laughs> and, and thanks for listening. Yep.